Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. This is the podcast completely devoted to seeking out leaders who elevated their organizations and didn't compromise their principles at the same time. Thank you so much for joining us on the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is literally at the top of his field right now. Coach Scott Surratt, head coach, athletic director at Carthage High School, captured his seventh state state championship as a head coach this past year in Class 4A of Texas high school football. He's been a head coach for 13 years now and won all seven titles in that span with an overall record of 165 and 28. He also won an additional title as the offensive coordinator of Texas High in Texarkana, Texas. I got to know Coach Surratt when I was coaching in East Texas, and I, along with so many others, am still in awe of what he's built in Carthage. Coach, we're so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. Well, Coach, congratulations on, on winning your seventh title. It's incredible. Um, if you would, can you talk a little bit about what this most recent title meant to you and, and your program at Carthage and the community? Well, it it, mean, it means a lot to me. But I want to talk about our, our, our program. You know, it put our program, I think, you know, in the top ten ever in the state of Texas with uh, seven titles. I know Salina is on top by herself with, with um, eight. So we're we're right there, right behind the best ever. And um, so it put our program on top, that's for sure. And in the community, man, the community deserves it. Um, cause they're so supportive and, you know, I, I couldn't be in a better place, Chris. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, so I, I wanted to ask about this. We just won our first state title in school history uh, at Oxford this past season. It was a great experience, amazing experience for our team, the staff, alumni, the community, but I was going to see if you could talk a little bit about how winning number seven compared to the very first one you won at Carthage. Well, first of all, congratulations to you, brother. That's, well, that's awesome. You. It's, yeah, uh, I appreciate it, it. Um, it's, it's very hard to win them. I, I promise you. And, um, you know, the first championship, um, was the first in, uh, school history of the 110 years of existence of, uh, Carthage playing football. And, um, so it was very, very special. And the difference between each, it, all of them special and all is different. But, uh, for the community, the first one, it's so special because it's never been done. You don't know if you can do it as a head coach. I had to, you know, opportunity to win one or, or I guess lucky to win one as an assistant. And then, um, you know, but that first one's something. And then the second one, they're still excited. And the third is still excited. And then they start expecting it, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's a good thing. And, uh, you know, you never want to slack any of the ones that want it, especially for those senior groups that want it. But, uh, you know, that's that first one to get the ball rolling and set the bar, it was so special. Coach, I forget, what year was it that you also won at Texas High? We won it in 2002 at Texas High. With uh, okay. We had a lot of great players on that team, especially Coach Barry Norton, which is a yes, great mentor to me, and it was uh, we had a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Well, well, Coach, one thing we want to do for listeners is always give insight into what it was like before you and your staff built this amazing program. So, like, thinking back all the way to, like, prior to your arrival, kind of tell us what was Carthage like in, in the years before and what was it about the job that attracted you to it, uh, especially coming from Texas High off of a great program. I'm sure you have options, so you want to make uh, the right choice when, when picking uh, your first head job. Uh, 
Hunter, that's correct. You know, I was, uh, I, I got two other offers for head coaching jobs that I just didn't think it was the right fit. And, uh, you know, Carthage had, hadn't won an outright championship in football in 15 years. They've been successful in other programs, uh, especially baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we got here, they, like I said, they didn't have, they hadn't won an outright district championship in, uh, 15 years. So, it was, uh, we knew we had some work to do, but it was, um, mm-hmm. what attracted me to the job is me growing up about an hour to here at Lennon Kildare and mm-hmm. seeing guys in the mid eighties, just crazy talent with, um, Roscoe Tatum and then going to nineties. I remember watching Chris Briggs and, and then we played them at Texas high and yeah. we played them two years and we was lucky, you know, get after them pretty good. But I saw some really good talent and we've seen them on film against other guys that, that kind of attracted me to this. And then the last thing was uh, negative for Carthage was that the uh, old stadium, the home stands fell in and they didn't get to even get to finish their season um, in Carthage, you had to play their home field, home games in Nacogdoches, which was a positive for me because I was not here yet. I knew that we was going to get a new stadium and, 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 you know, get the new field house, get all the new facilities. And it was fun to be part of it. I got in here once they let me do a lot of the, the designing of the field house and uh, things. So it, it was fun. That happened the year before you came, the, the it, stadium, the stands and all that stuff happened? It, it did. And it's a God thing because, um, for me, <laughs> and, yeah. um, cause I promise you that if we played a, these guys here and then the stadium was, uh, built, I believe in mid 1950s and it had, had its day, that's for sure. And it was, yeah. um, I, no way I would have taken the job with that facility, but we have a beautiful sure. facility now and it's, uh, it's just taken off on for us. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. So you take over and l- Literally, like you guys win district your very first year, correct? We did. Okay. So what's your priority list then? From day one, you take the job. First day, coming from Texas High, you're going to have to rebuild a stadium. Um, hadn't had the type of success that you thought it was capable of. What's your priority list upon arrival? Well, you know, I got the job in pro- – First of all, my first priority, I, my son was six to be born in uh, seven days. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. It was kind of, that was priority one, but really it was, I was the only guy in here. They let me, they held everybody's contract. And so I didn't, I got to hire my old staff. I, I kept a guy, uh, Coach Dennis McLaughlin, and uh, God bless his soul. He was offense coordinator this past year and passed, passed away and uh, with cancer um, during wow. the season this year. And, um, but, Anyway, I was sitting there the first day. I, I didn't know it. I didn't know what we needed to do, and um, because I was there by myself, and so I called Coach Mack in and kind of was asking, "Well, he said, man, you know what you're doing. He gave us advice. You know what you're doing, Rich. You got the job. You got the job. Mm-hmm. Just work. Take it day by day, and work hard and win the daily battle. And that meant a lot to me when he told me that, because that's what we try to do now is uh, win the daily battle. And and if you do that, you'll be all right. Yes, sir. Well, especially and, that. Hunter, I'll tell you another story, you know, is one thing we did was, um, you know, I got a guy in town, a few guys that um, let us use the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame when we came in <laughs> and we got That's the right, whole community. That's right, located in Carthage, right? That's right. 
and we yeah. got the whole community in. We they paid for everybody. It was a barbecue, and we had, back then it was the best barbecue place. And anyway, we get into that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and we had so many people come in, and I had a big PowerPoint on just educating people who I was and trying to, about our program. What we were going to push in our program was academics, get kids recruited. And, you know, and selling moms and it's more than dads, you know, moms, moms want to know how much you're going to take care of the kids. Dad want to know how much they're going to play, how much they're going to play. (laughs) So it was, um, it was selling moms. And so that was really huge for us uh, early. I got that set up within the first three weeks I got here, just so the community can kind of know who I I was. And I wanted to get to know some of those guys. So did you pack the house then for the Texas Country Hall of Fame thing? It was it was it was it was a lunch. It was like for three hours. People just kept coming in, and uh, so on. it was just meet and greet. And then we had a set time. I think one o'clock when I was doing the PowerPoint and all that. But it was full, and it was it was a really good good way to start. And then we then the next thing we did was uh, about a month later we had a Sleepy Reynolds golf tournament. Sleepy coached here for twenty eight years. He wasn't yes. a guy I replaced. There was two coaches in between us and him. I mean, myself and him. And um, so we had a Sleepy Reynolds golf tournament, and that was a big, big deal for me to get to meet guys and and uh, try to get this thing going the right direction. After year one, what happens the next three years? <laughs> well, part like after softball. year one, it was um, – we lucky enough. We won district and and we we did very well in the playoffs. In the next three years, um, we we did win our first in, uh, championship in state in the history of the school in 2008. And then we went back to back, and then we went had a back to back to back or a three peak. And uh, so we really messed things up when we did all that. And uh, now everybody expects it, and uh, which is great. I mean, our the bar is set up there and. Uh, we've had, uh, I think we've been beaten three other times in the semifinals, and it was like, um, well, I, I can I can explain it like this. Uh, the Fox Sports Southwest lady interviewed me at, um, before the game, and she said, well, Coach, you hadn't been – this was this year. And she said, well, Coach, you, you hadn't been back. This is your first time since 2017 to be here. And I went, mm. and she's like, everybody in carpet. <laughs> That's one year, you ma'am. I said we didn't make it last year. Right, we didn't make it last year. <laughs> so, but uh, now it's been great, man. So, uh, uh, but yeah, we just, that's kind of the, the last three years. I mean, the next three years after the first, it was just it was crazy. We went that freshman group. My first freshman group went forty-four and, and one. And uh, okay, so yeah, they were. It was something. And then we've we've had thirty-three game win streak and a forty-game win streak since I've been here. So. That takes a lot. A lot of people believing in what we do, and a lot of great coaches, and also a lot of great talent. And um, so we're very. I'm very blessed to be at a great place. Well, you've done it. Just an unbelievable job of of sustaining success. And I think one big challenge with that is is staff turnover. You know, and uh, and and making sure you you have everybody in place that you need. So, how many coaches have you had uh, leave? You know, during your 13 years as a head coach. Well. I, Honestly, I don't even know that, but I can tell you that we have only uh, – we had four going into this season, um, high school coaches. Now, we had two junior high guys that have been with me at the same time. They do a great job down there. 
and uh, but we've had we've had four, and then with Coach Mack passing away, now there's just three of us that at, uh, at the high school. So only two that I brought with me. Um, this coaching varsity football, and uh, I've had several go to get the head coaching jobs because of success, and I've had a couple of them going the college route and uh, done very well. And so it's just it's just part of the success. Uh, and, you know, the challenge that I have is to continue to hire really, really good coaches. And uh, I think that God's blessed me more in any way, any way is to, hopefully to see talent, but more than that, to uh, get guys that can really, really evaluate talent and uh, coach a dog out of them. Well, so let's dig into that just a little bit more. What, when you're faced with hiring a new assistant coach, you know, what are the things you're looking for? Well, number one, uh, the character of a man. You know, I I love the mentoring of the young coaches, and I take that as a challenge. I think that's one of my favorite things to do and see how good I can make a coach with my system. Now, my system is, you know, everybody's got good systems. We just believe in our system. I think every offensive system with the wing T, slot T, spread, all of them have won championships. We believe in our system and what – what I like to do is mentor those coaches in, but the first thing we got to do is I got to know they're going to be, they're a good man. They have good character and, you know, willing to learn and willing to buy in and what we do and, uh, and then how good a teacher they are. Cause that's all we are is, is uh, teachers and dads basically to these kids nowadays. And uh, I love that part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a method that you use uh, for indoctrinating a new staff member into your system, into your program? Well, I, I used to, as a young coach, I would say, man, this guy right here, he, he knows his stuff. He could bring in the PowerPoints and this, that, and the other. And, and I, can't, I can't do a very good PowerPoint today. But uh, um, but that was all the fancy stuff. And now I make sure that I at least try to interview everybody three times. And uh, my this past year, uh, when I lost my coordinator, Southlake Carroll, he went to A&M first and he came back, Chris Smith, he came back, won a championship or, or sixth championship. Then he left to go to Southlake Carroll. And then I interviewed our offense coordinator now, Clint Inslee, uh, probably seven days in a row. And I already knew I was going to seven school days in a row anyway. I already knew I was going to hire him, but I just wanted to make sure how special the yeah. job that I think he could do in person. And, um, but, you know, I I just make sure that I don't. The first impression is um, not always the best. Um, sometimes it is, but I make sure that I, I interview them and have more questions for them and get to fill them out and then get to make phone calls. You know, to other people they don't have on the resume. I mean, I can give you guys. If I put a resume right now. I can put some people on there that really like me. <laughs> right, but, uh, right. You know, I want to know about the guys because everybody knows everybody now, especially with social media. I want to know about them when they're, you know, that the people they didn't put on the resume and things. Sure. Yeah. Coach, a similar theme. So, for those not aware of Carthage, Texas, it's a great town, but I don't think it's necessarily a very transient town. So, you're not having a lot of move ins necessarily. So, you have to develop the kids in your community. I think that's a fair statement to say. So what kinds of things do you do to develop leaders within your football program? Yeah, we, we hold everybody. The first thing we're going to do, the number one word you ever heard is hold everyone in our program accountable. And yeah. I think that's where 
you know, and we hold our leaders. We always have captains. We have the captain meetings and things like that, like a lot of people do. But uh, we're going to hold everybody accountable from our quarterback um, trainer, you know, the assistant trainer, to everybody, to our janitor, to secretary, which is my wife is about be be my wife. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we we got to hold them accountable. She may hold me more accountable. I don't know. You know, it's just um, we hold our leaders to a better standard. Honestly, the captains, when I we hold those guys to more standards, and we always have a rule. We coach the better players harder than the role players, hmm. and because the role players will fall in, and the better players will make the role players better. And but I don't, I don't say how tough you are as a coach by over screaming and yelling at a. a a guy that's just a program guy and really not going to play much for you, but he loves, he's the, he's a Carthage Bulldog, um, bleeds red and white, but you're showing how disciplined you as a coach on a guy that's not going to play that much. But this guy over here is, that's a great player, like society now gets away with a lot. So we coach him harder and we don't let the leaders or the better players get away with nothing. And we we explain that to them also. So I think that helps. So um, you know, broadening the the scope a little bit, looking at other sports. Um, you know, you you serve as athletic director as well. So um, can you talk a little bit about the other sports programs at Carthage, and and specifically, you know, what you uh, what you do to help develop your your head coaches of other sports? Yeah, we have uh, we have a lot of meetings as head coach with the head coaches. But uh, you know, when we got here, baseball was the sport that was kind of carrying our athletic department. And uh, I want, I want all of them obviously to be good as athletic director. And that's what they wanted to see. They wanted the football team to get better. Number one, but as an athletic director, as a whole, we wanted our program to get better. And uh, we have won a baseball championship, I guess my second year here. And um, so we won the football It's hard. Not many schools have done this, but the football championship, in the fall and a baseball championship in the spring. So it's pretty tough to do, but, uh, you know, I'm so proud of our programs. We are, every program right now has won a district championship that's finished the season right now. Besides, I think our girls basketball and they got second and they were a probably, well, point, point away from time for the uh, district championship. So I'm very proud of that from cross country to everybody has won. So we're really, you know, our baseball program is great. Our softball program, you know, our soccer, we added soccer, I guess, uh, I guess it's been six to eight years now. Uh, but they're really come on and uh, setting records and school wins and things. And But just hold those guys accountable, hold the head coaches and make sure they're holding their assistant coaches accountable and holding their players accountable. And that's – you know, like I said, that's our number one word of anything is everybody's got to be accountable. If you're not, then you're in trouble. Yeah, no question. So, hey, kind of a hot button topic uh, right now. How does your athletic department handle multi-sport athletes? Well, we encourage them to play everything, and uh, my coach is better too. That's the, that's one thing on there. I ask that question on the, every interview, especially to the head coaches, and uh, making sure they're encouraging um you know they're, they're players to play everything and uh you know we don't want no lineman big old six seven 
340-pound lineman because we had a couple of those this year, and they couldn't help the basketball team. So we don't want those guys in the way, but they're power lifters or whatever they can help our school. But we literally, we've been fortunate enough to play in December every year but one. And uh, we really, we literally throw our guys in the gym. We don't say, oh, no, no. And then he'll throw them back to us all season. But uh, we want them to be play multiple sports. Um, you do the study. They they um, they do better. They're grade-wise, number one, um, especially in the spring. You know, they need to be competing, whether it's track or baseball or soccer, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, like I said, you run the studies on multiple sport athletes to just one that's just a straight baseball, straight football, and it's not near as good academically or socially. Um, so I, I think it helps tons. That's one of the most fascinating things I think about college football is just the impact it's had on the community in general. So can you kind of explain to uh, to the listeners why does football or any team sport in that respect matter so much to a community like Carthage? Well, you're, you're exactly right. Any sport can, can bring a community together, but obviously we're in Texas and there's nothing like Friday night football. And so I think uh, football can bring a community together more than any sport. And I'm not saying that just because I'm the head football coach, because I, I was a head baseball coach for 10 years, but Right. Um, you know, it's a, like a Friday night party. We'll have, you know, six, 8,000 people here and the whole community's here and it don't care if it's black, white, whatever. It's just, everybody comes together that one night and they're supporting the Bulldogs and, uh, you know, making new friends. And then you get, if you make a good run that, that, that part, that party starts growing. Yeah. And then when you get to December, all of a sudden you're playing in front of 30,000 people and, uh, you know, We've outnumbered every opponent seven times, and that means a lot to us. And I see that sea of red, but it is really broader community. It's a tight, tight knit community, and it's you know, and I think it's tighter now because our athletics is um, is um, I won't say so good, but it's it's very. We've been very successful, and people want to be around success, and especially nowadays um, yeah. with all the moving around. Um, the, I don't is people are not very low anymore um if their schools are not as good or whatever you see it in college right now all the time for not starting they just transfer and um you know i'm very proud that 98 percent of our players are since we've been here have been homegrown and uh cartridge cartridge kids and uh that's football now and um mm -hmm. so but it's just a great place and i know i'm probably getting off some of the question you asked but um no no you know but it's athletics um used to have a principal at texas high she'd come down and talk to us and she said y'all don't understand you set the tone the time at the football team you set the tone of the school year i've been to multiple schools whatever schools she's been and she says if if the team the football team wasn't very good it was a long school year <laughs> she says uh, you know so success is uh, everybody wants a winner nowadays especially nowadays you know no they, right. they'll leave in a hurry so we've got to put a good product on the field yes sir you said this line in your last when you were answering this last question you said well since we're in texas and you're talking football let's let's take it even a step further uh 
not all of our listeners are, are necessarily as familiar with high school football culture in East Texas, uh, since we're kind of based here in Oxford, Mississippi. What makes that region of Texas so special in regards to high school football culture? Uh, speed. It's more speed in East Texas than anywhere across the state. And, um, you know, and the thing that's uh, underrated are the coaches. You know, because we're not in the Metroplex and, you know, maybe not get the publicity and same thing with our players. And I think it's the best players in, in the state and um, especially in our classification because there's so many 4A schools in, in East Texas. And, um, but, you know, I think I got a alarm going off here. I don't know. Anyway, um, but football in Texas is king and it definitely is in East Texas and, and um, so it's it, it's just um, it helps like we're talking about community gets the community together and everything else. So um, I was a baseball player and growing up, and then I played football, and there was nothing like coming through that that uh, old tiger head at Lyndon Kildare. And uh, I knew I wanted to be a, a head coach in AD, but I I was a head. I, I coached baseball first and then become an offense coordinator. And then it's just been, been really good since. So coach, you've talked a lot about the community and the commitment the community's made to Carthage athletics. Can, can you give us some examples of the ways uh, you're, you know, the administration at Carthage and the community there has, has shown their commitment to, to athletics? Well, number one, they're taking care of me and my family, um, the school board. And I mean, it's just the five of them are still with us that, that hired me in, uh, 2007. And they really, um, you know, with success opportunities come and they have, uh, really taken care of me and they said, we're not going to lose you. So that's, that's one special thing about it, but it's, um, you know, this community is, uh, it's just, you know, I've got a daughter that's graduating and I told her, say, I'm, I just got a job offer in college. I'm going to tell you what job, job it was, but so we're, we're going to go, we're going to move up to, and she said, no, she was so excited. And my son was too. And, and I said, well, y'all know you got to go with me. And they says, Oh, we're not leaving. <laughs> we're not leaving. So they thought that our, their daddy was going to get to go coach college, but they won't stay here and go to Carthage. And I, and I already knew the answer and I wasn't going anyway, but, uh, I, I may one day in six years when my son graduates, I may try that. But uh, anyway, that that's what I think about this community is um, my wife loves it. And you, we couldn't, you couldn't drive us out of here. So it's a lot like a Lyndon Kilder when I was growing up, you couldn't, you Dangerfield won three championships in a row and everybody knew about their, their run in the mid eighties and or early eighties to the mid eighties. And, you couldn't pay me to go over and play at, at Dangerfield because I was so loyal to Lennon Kilder. And I think that's what our society and our schools are missing a little bit now. But. Yeah. Coach, what about the facilities y'all are working with there? To somebody that's never been in Carthage, Texas, uh, can you mention, you know, from the football stadium to the uh, different areas around that that really help with uh, – uh, you being able to practice year round, other sports being able to use things. What kinds of things mm -hmm. do y'all have? Well, our, our football stadium, first of all, is top notch. And then our, and the, the, we were able to, in 2013, put a full size indoor and I think the tallest in the state. And uh, it's just incredible. And uh, 
Dr. Hammond superintendent at that time got that done in a, in a bond and it, you know, it, everybody was worried about it not passing. I think it went 91%. And, uh, so anyway, that thing is phenomenal. It's got, um, you know, the baseball inlays for, and the softball inlays for the bases and the foul lines. And it's got the dangerous, uh, batting cages. Um, and then it's great for soccer. I mean, it's great for every sport. And, uh, yeah. of course, and then our soccer plays at our stadium. And then the baseball plays actually plays out at the college, which is a very, very nice stadium. And okay. we're in the process of moving that over to our, uh, in turf in our fields or baseball and softball field. Uh, that's the next project we're going to, we're going to work on to get it over there. But our facilities are very nice. And, um, you know, we, we have playoff games like crazy at our football stadium. And, uh, you know, so they, it, it was done right, and um, I'm I'm just glad to be part of it. And it's a competitive advantage, right? In the end, it does. It really does. When you you know it, when you can practice full speed, and it is absolutely flooding outside, and you got a full size field inside, and you can throw every. Yeah, only thing you can't do in it normal is punt, and um, yeah. we which we rugby punt so. We can do everything in there, but if you had a really, really good punter like we did in Ryan Mallet at Texas High, yeah, he could hit the top of the ceiling pretty easily. But um, since we rugby punt, we we do everything in there. So it's unbelievable now. It's a great facility. Hey, Coach Rat, didn't you go out and see Chris's dad for something a long time ago? I did, absolutely. I told my wife that story when when, when he was um, at Ole Miss. Sure okay. did. Yeah, uh, we watched it. It was, um, I'm trying to think, uh, was Latina? Yeah, it was La- I think it yep, was John Latina. John Latina. Yeah, he was the, uh, the all O-line coach, and he took real good care of it to visit with his daddy. And he was actually, uh, I think, that's when he was fixing to go to Tennessee, I believe. Is that right? Was he in Ole Miss before Tennessee? Uh, well, he was at Tennessee and then was the head coach at Ole Miss. Uh, and then ended up back at Tennessee after that. So he kind of sandwiched Ole Miss in between two stops at Tennessee. That's right. So he was about to go back to Tennessee. That's right. So And um, we were there, Eli, when Eli just had finished. I got you. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So he he may have went one more year. Is that right? That's right. He was at Ole Miss one year after Eli. That's right. So I was pretty good. That's it. You're on. We were there that spring, and and, – we get, we watched all the tape of Eli. He was pretty good. Yeah, no no doubt about that. And Coach Latina's <laughs> a, a heck of an O line coach. Yes, he a uh, great man too. They were, they really took care of us. I'll never forget your dad. And, um, you know, because it's hit or miss sometimes when you go to those colleges. And man, he just he said, "Man, y'all, we give you whatever you want, and uh, y'all y'all get in the huddle, whatever you want." Cause we're there for spring ball, and uh, so I, I really respect him. And of course, I think he's. If not the best quarterback coach in the land, he's got to be the you know one of the top two or three. So um, he's a phenomenal coach. Awesome. Well, coach, this has been great. We're gonna try a little uh, rapid fire closing round to finish up. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions. I want you to say what immediately comes to mind. Just short answer. Okay. Name another current high school coach that you really admire. Can't be from your current staff. Uh, Don Hyde, Waco La Vega. Favorite coach of all time on any level? 
Uh, be my high school coach, Rodney Russell. Got favorite venue to play a football game. Can't say your home stadium. <laughs> that would be the AT&T Stadium. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Biggest coaching rival or program rival in your 13-year head coaching tenure? And you can say it's a friendly rival. Who would that be? Well, I don't know how friendly it is, but it's, uh, it'd be Henderson. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if rivals are as close as we are can be too friendly, but that's what it's supposed to be. All right, last one. I got a feeling I can guess this one. Best player you've coached before you were a head coach at Carthage? Hey, I'm going to give you two names on that one, but Nathan Basher played in the NFL nine years, and Ryan Mallett uh, played in the NFL for seven years. So I, I'd have to say those guys, they were phenomenal players and great, great to coach and great leaders. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, it really means a lot. We want to give uh, listeners access to top-notch coaches across the country. Um, so thank you so much for joining us on this. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Hunter, it's always good to talk to you, my man. How's your dad doing? He's doing well. He's working for Chris up here. He sure is. That's right. I forgot about it. I, I, well, I knew he was going. I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know he was working for Chris, but I knew he was going up there. Well, that's what, I, okay. that's what we needed. We needed a good uh, good coach from Texas to get us over the hump. That's what got it done. Uh, uh, yeah, well, he's a good man, man. He stopped by, and I was out of town when he stopped by. And, and uh, you know, when, when he comes to the clinic, I believe, and he talked to my old line coach, and yep. I got a really good one. That's the one I told you I interviewed seven days, and I knew he was getting it <laughs> from day one. <laughs> but, said, yeah, no, Dad said he's sir. really good. He's really good. He's really, really good. And I coached him at Texas High, so I knew what I was getting. Uh, well, Coach, we sure Coach, enjoyed thank it. Thank you, so you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, we know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachanddoc.com. Thanks again.